That's great. Well, good morning, wherever you're tuning in from. It's great to have you here. Uh, like I said, my name's Josh. I've been coming to this church for quite a while now, and it is my privilege and my honor to be with you this morning. Uh, we're continuing our series on prayer, and my, it is my honor today, like I said, to actually introduce us to a new topic for this next week, which is going to be on contemplative prayer or contemplative prayer. I haven't quite figured out which one I'm going to go with yet, so please just bear with me in that. But um, yeah, we're going to be continuing our series on that, looking at what that means, how does it apply to us, and what effect is that supposed to have on our lives. So before we start, I'm just going to pray. So Jesus, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have. Thank you that we're able to be live this morning, and a few of us in the room, Jesus. We just pray for every single person listening right now that you would be near to them, you would draw close to them, your presence would be made known to them. Jesus, I pray that your spirit would just speak to us. Tell us new things, whisper in our ears, Jesus, all that you want to speak to us today. I pray all this in your name. Amen. If you're anything like me, you, you enjoy going to the, to the cinema. I absolutely love going to the cinema. Uh, it was one of my favorite things to do, or it was, until we, we weren't allowed to. So I've had to kind of make do with we're going to the cinema at home or watching movies at home with my family, which has been great, mum and dad, honestly. But... I'm ready for it to, uh, I'm ready for them to open up again. But it was, uh, it was a couple of, of months ago, last year actually, when the new Avengers movie came out, Avengers Endgame, perhaps you've seen it. Um, don't worry, there's not going to be any spoilers in here at all. But it was, when I first found out it was coming, I, I knew I had to go. I knew there was no way I was going to let this experience be ruined for me. And so I was at work and I found out the tickets had been released. So what I did is I obviously... I do work hard, um, but I got my laptop out and I logged straight onto View and looked at when the tickets were coming out and I queued for about three hours okay, online for this to go to the midnight release of Avengers Endgame. I knew that nothing was going to ruin this for me. I was prepared. I was ready. I had two laptops up. I had it on my phone just in case one of them got let in early. I was really, really ready for these to drop and it was when... I got them, I bought as many tickets as I could because I knew that people would want to come and see it with me, even though it was at midnight. And so the anticipation built up, I got in there, I'd been to the toilet about six or seven times, there was nothing that was going to ruin this for me, I didn't even bother spending £45 on popcorn and one drink, I didn't fancy doing that, but I got in there, the movie was three hours long, I knew it was going to be three hours before I got in there, and I thought, okay, this is interesting, you know, I'm going to see how this goes, I'm a little bit nervous, but we'll be okay, and all of a sudden it was just over like that. Three hours of my life had, had just gone. Next thing I know, I look at my phone, it's, it's 3 a.m. and everything, everything was finished. And I kind of looked around to my friends and said, can you, can you believe it? It's over already. We, we literally just sat down, I thought. And it was this ex- amazing experience, which is what I want to compare con- contemplation or contemplative prayer to, which is this experience that you feel where you actually almost feel outside yourself. You are so engrossed in what you're doing and you become so in part of it that actually you kind of feel like you know, time ultimately stops or, or you become outside of time and it doesn't exist. And this is exactly what contemplative prayer can and should achieve every time we do it. It's our personal time that we're spending with Jesus in his presence where it's just me and him and then eventually it just becomes all about him. And then time just kind of stops and we are just in the moment, we are with Jesus, and that is our kind of our perfect kind of moment. And that is where I want to finish on today at some point. But actually what I want to ask you is, have you ever been in the position where you're sitting there and going, Man, I've, been, I've been a Christian for years and things, 
things aren't really changing for me. I seem to be struggling with the same things again and again, or this thing keeps tripping me up, or this certain thing I can't quite seem to nail yet at this moment, and why is it taking me so long? What's going on? What am I doing? And I'd like to suggest today that our thoughts and where we actually end up thinking, which is what contemplation means, or to contemplate something is to think deeply about something, that is going to determine where your fruits ultimately lie. And what is on your mind multiplies. What is on, whatever is on your mind is going to multiply. And so we need to figure out a way as Christians, as followers of Jesus, where we can change or we can be in control of what is on your mind. And your, or another way to put it is your focus is going to determine the fruit that you bear. So where is your focus this morning? I know we've been in a really difficult time where perhaps I know for me personally, my focus is so easily drifted. The things on my mind that are multiplying are not the things that I want to be multiplying, the things that I need to be able to get under control, but I can't without Jesus. And it is in this amazing space of contemplative prayer where we are actually able to get everything off of our mind and let Jesus come in and replace what is, what is overwhelming us. Let Jesus overwhelm us with what is, what is his amazing love. And so I want to go to a story in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. I'm going to read it now in the Passion Translation. This is a story of Jesus visiting the house of Mary and Martha. And so I pick up in verse 38, if you're following along. It says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village. Okay, this village was named Bethany. Okay, where a woman welcomed Jesus into her house, and her name was Martha. And she had a sister whose name was Mary. Now it was Mary that sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation that he shared absorbing every revelation that he shared. But Martha became exhausted or exasperated by finishing the numerous chores in preparation for her guests. And so she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, do you not think that it is unfair? Do you not think that it's unfair that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and come and give me a hand. I feel like that sometimes when I'm doing all the chores at home as well. It's just, yeah, it's tough. Um, The Lord answered, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? I'm just going to read that bit again. Are they really that important? What Are your distractions really that important? You know, it's so easy. I've, I've done it a million times before. I said, it's so hard to just spend time with Jesus. I can't, I can't find the time. And then next thing I know, I've sat down on another Netflix series or, you know, whatever it is that's, that's concerning me that day. But is it really that important is the question that Jesus poses to Martha. And then at the end, it says, Mary had discovered one thing most important. Now, he goes on to name what's most important, which is sitting at his feet. So Mary has discovered the one thing that is most important, choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. She is undistracted, and I will not take this privilege from her. I then want to just quickly read from Psalm 46, which is where we'll go to a little bit later on, verse 10, which says, this is the Passion Translation. You'll probably know it from the original, which says, Be still and know that I am God. Okay, but this actually says, Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I want to just go to that story again with Martha. It says that Martha was actually the one, interestingly enough, who invited Jesus into the house. 
It says that Martha said, hey, Jesus, Jesus, come spend time with me. Come into my house. Come into where I live. I'm inviting you in, please. I want to do things. I want to spend time with you. And then she's the one who actually forgets to even spend time with Jesus. She's the one who actually forgets to spend time with Jesus. She's so busy being distracted by all these other things. And if to contemplate is to think deeply or, or to spend time with, then she's actually kind of missed the point or missed the mark a little bit there. She's actually spending way too much time with these many distractions, doing all the chores in the kitchen, trying to get everything ready. But Jesus isn't worried about that. Jesus just wants her to come and sit at her feet. And so I think that contemplation is more of a, is kind of like a calibration in a way. You are recalibrating yourself to be in line, to be in focus with what Jesus is telling you. Contemplation is a recalibration. And so, like I said, it was Martha that was the one who invited him in. And I wonder if any of our lives look like this, where you're saying, Jesus, Jesus, come in. Yeah, do some amazing things in my life. Or, or come in, let's spend time together. And then you're just sort of being distracted by everything else. Or you sit down and you say, yeah, I'm about to spend time with, with Jesus. Then all of a sudden your phone goes off and you're kind of checking what's going on there. Or, or you're looking at what's you know, breaking news or Netflix pops up with a brand new series and you're, and you're so ready to start it. But what is the most important thing to you? This is the question that Jesus asked. She was, you look at Martha and she was actually with Jesus, as in they were, they were in the same room, but she wasn't with Jesus. She's with Jesus, but not with Jesus. And I think this is what marks the difference between her and Mary in this point, is she is there, she's doing everything right, Mary is sat at the feet, and she knows exactly where she wants to be in that moment. She's letting nothing distract her. And so it talks about, you know, looking at Martha, sorry, she's, she looks like she's been pulled away a little bit. She's been kind of distracted and perhaps she's anxious or perhaps she's running around panicking, trying to get everything in shape before the arrival of Jesus. And I think my life has looked like that so many times as well, where I'm trying to get everything in place and then, then, I'll, go, then I'll go to Jesus. I've got to, I've got to change this stuff first and then I'll go and, and sit at the feet of Jesus. When actually, I think it should be the other way around. I sit at the feet of Jesus and then my behavior changes. That's my priority. That's what's most important. I sit at the feet of Jesus and then my priorities change. Because if you look about the friends that you hang out with or the people that you're with, or what, like I said, what you think about most is going to determine your fruit. I want to spend my time thinking about Jesus and becoming more like him. Because if I don't spend time with Jesus, how can I ever expect to be like him? When I first moved uh, out to America, I promised myself I wouldn't pick up any kind of accent. And unfortunately, as some of you may know, that did kind of start to creep in as I had moved back. But this is a perfect example. We are relational human beings. We are made for relationship with someone. If it's not Jesus, it's going to be people around us or something. And so actually what is difficult sometimes is, is, to, is to determine what you want to spend your time with. And so I spent time with a lot of my friends and I ended up picking up and becoming a little bit more like them. And this is where Mary gets it so right. She is spending the time, she's putting in the effort, she is spending time at the feet of Jesus and show she is going to be the one becoming more like him. That version just says that she was soaking in every single revelation that Jesus was sharing with her. And scholars actually want to say that that version there or that position that she sits in is a position of listening and a position of submission position of listening and a position of submission and I think this is one of our keys to contemplative prayer as well is when you sit down and spend that time with Jesus wherever it is you probably have your your time or your space and it's actually sitting down being quiet 
and listening to Jesus. In that position of submission, saying, God, I'm not bringing any agenda with this, except for I just want to spend time with you. I'm listening to the revelation that, I, that you're going to give me. This is way, way different to our other types of prayer where we're interceding. This is different to our other types of prayer. It's, we are just sitting in the presence of Jesus and letting him become the focus and the priority. And so you'll find that these things like anxiety have no place when we are talking about contemplation. Now, I know that's easier said than done, but those things and these thoughts that overwhelm us can actually be overwhelmed with the presence of Jesus. The things that you think are kind of the waves that are crashing over you, Jesus speaks into those and he calms the storm. And so you end up in this fully almost immersive experience with Jesus and the Holy Spirit where it's just you two and you are in communion with each other. You're in perfect union with each other. You are just enjoying the presence of Jesus. And this is where, like I said, the change really happens. This is where Jesus comes and he speaks to you and says, this is, this is what I want you to do, or this is what I'm talking to you about, or this is who I say you are. And so actually it is in these positions that we can find some of the most amazing and transformative change. Some of the most amazing and transformative change. This is what Jesus does. He changes people. And so like I said earlier, how can we expect to, to change ourselves if we don't spend time with Jesus? If we become the, more like the people we're around, as I kind of described earlier, I want to be a person that people look at and go, I think that, yeah, that guy definitely spends time with Jesus. I don't know if that's what's said of me at the moment, but I want to, that's my goal. I want to be at that position where that person says, wow, you, you spend time with Jesus, I can tell. It's the way you love people. It's the way you, you treat other people. It's the way you walk into situations in your workplace or with your friendships or with your family where you go, actually, this, this person has got something else. This person has got the spirit of Jesus with them. And if we can live almost in this contemplative state where actually we are just so focused on Jesus and what he's telling us to do and where he's pointing me to go, I can actually live in this place that people will see that. That is a guarantee. People are going to see that and go, yeah, I need some of what, what that person has. I need some of what they have. And Mary is also expectant. This is a really, really important thing. She's expecting Jesus to say something, which is why she sat there. She sat listening, knowing, and it does say he does give revelation to her, but she knows that that was coming anyway. She wasn't going, I kind of see what Jesus has to say. Some of it might be all right. Some of it could be, could be interesting. She's expectant. This is another key thing for contemplative prayer. You need to be expecting that God is going to speak to you. God is, is going to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. You take, you take time, time with Jesus. You take time with God. He wants to take that time with you. He's eager to do it. He's not in a rush. Like I said, this, this immersive experience, the time will just go by like, like you don't even realize. God is in no rush with you, but he wants to speak to you in your every single day life. And so if we flip to Psalm 46, verse 10, I'll just read it again in the Passion Translation. It says, to surrender your anxiety. This is that surrendering or that submission like Mary uh, kind of demonstrated to us in this position where she sits at the feet of Jesus. So you are surrendering your anxiety. A lot easier said than done, I will say. But surrendering everything when you come and sit with Jesus. To be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. So this word, be still, or this phrase, actually, when you kind of trace it back, talks of three things, being withdrawn, relaxing, and being quiet. 
And so this word withdrawn is one that we often see in the Bible where Jesus is actually, you know, just after he's performed a miracle or just after something's happened, it says, then he withdrew to be with his father or he withdrew to pray. So if Jesus is doing this on a regular basis, then we need to do this. He withdrew to be still, to recalibrate, to get in line with God again and said, God, what is it you want me to do? And I think that this is a really, really important part. It is almost impossible to just be with you and God when there is someone else there. That's, that's not what contemplative prayer is like. I know that community and I know that being with other people is really, really important. But actually, this is the emphasis on you, on you being on your own. Spending this time with Jesus. This is where he wants to speak to you and to you directly. I mean, it's very easy for us to say, oh, I want to hear from God more. I want to look a little bit more like Jesus. You've got to spend time on your own. It's difficult. It's hard. You're going to have to fight a little bit, but actually the, the benefits are, are huge. And I don't, I've not met a person yet that has said, I just went and prayed for, for a little bit. I feel, I feel like I shouldn't have done that. Or I regret doing that. I, I haven't met, I'm yet to meet a single person who has ever come to that conclusion. But withdrawing is talking about isolation and being on your own. And this is so important for Jesus, so it has to be so important for us as well. The second one was relax. Relax. This is where I think some of this, if we go in too much with kind of agendas or, or our, our worries and stuff, I know we can submit them to him. That's exactly what we need to do. And it is that surrendering where we can then relax and say, God, I just want you to take control. Or Jesus, I need you actually to take control. I need you to be the one who comes and just overwhelms with that spirit of peace and that spirit of calm, like he calms the storm. And so you are just letting go and letting God taking over. And actually what you'll find happens is God is going to give you his perspective on things in, in contemplative prayer. And this is one of the things that I know personally I need probably more than anything at the moment is perspective. It's so easy to look at the summer or whatever's coming up in your life and say, man, I just, I don't think it's going to work out. Or I don't know what God has for me or what am I doing here? Because everything's all up in the air and we're not sure. And maybe things are slightly starting to look back, like they're getting back to normal. But really, I'm not, I'm not too sure what's going on. Let God give you his perspective and give you a lens to see the world through. Give you a lens to see that situation that you're facing at work in. Give you a lens to see that friendship difficulty or relationship that you, difficulty that you're having. Jesus is going to give you the lens in which he sees everything to you. And so in contemplative prayer, like I said, it's less about you and it's actually all about him. So he must increase, I must decrease. And so when I can look at the world and walk around and say, actually, I, I can see things through God's perspective or God will tell me, hey, look at that. This is how I see this person. You may see them this way, but let me give you my perspective through contemplative prayer. Let me show you how I see things. And actually, this is one of the most powerful things I think that we can do, is actually get the perspective of Jesus and walk, into, walk with it in our everyday life. Walk with it in our everyday life. And then the last one was to be quiet. It is incredibly difficult to hear someone if it's loud, no matter who it is. It is very, very difficult when there's loads of voices coming out and when there's so many things that people are telling you or things that you keep hearing from other people. It's like, hey, have you done, oh, have you done this? Have you thought about this? Or oh, what about this? It's actually, there's one voice I think you need to prioritize in your life, which is that voice of Jesus. And it is very, very difficult to do when there is shouting, when there's loud going on, when there's so much going on in our workplaces, in our friendships, in our world at the moment. You need to take the time, relax, be quiet, withdraw, and listen 
to the voice of Jesus because he is the one that's going to speak life. He is the one that is going to speak hope. He is the one that is going to bring faith in your life. And he is the one that actually is ultimately going to bring that behavior change or that change in your life that we're talking about. That thing you get frustrated about that you keep, you can't seem to get over, you can't seem to beat. Let Jesus speak into that. Let him give you his perspective. Let him give you his knowledge. Let him give you his spirit to walk into those situations with. And I think as a church, we will find some incredible power and some incredible, incredible change there. And we talk about revival a lot. And if that is going to happen, you need to get into contemplative prayer. You need a person. This is where our personal revival happens first before it comes anywhere else. I need to get one-on-one with Jesus and say, hey, you need to speak to me before I can even begin to speak to others about this stuff. You need to change me before I end up even thinking about trying to change anything else or change the world or change our neighborhoods or our families. And so this is one of the most important things that I think we can actually do. Okay, this God actually talks to us and said, give us, or Jesus, when he models the prayer, he says, give us our daily bread. And so I don't think contemplative prayer is kind of like an optional thing that we do. I think contemplative prayer is something that you need to do every day. I don't know how I would probably go face about my day. I don't, I don't do this enough. I want to put that out there. I walk to work and I will, I'll put some music on and I'll think about Jesus as much as I can before I go into my day. And I find that sets me up way better than anything else could, including coffee. And so actually, this is really, really important. It's our daily bread. So we've got to do this every single day. I want to get one-on-one, get time with Jesus and see, what are you speaking to me today? What are you talking to me about today? Where are areas in my life that you want to speak to me and change today? And I want to spend time with the person who can change things, who can change me for the good, not change me in ways that I don't want to. And I know that Jesus is going to do that every single time. He's going to change me in ways that I cannot believe. And so when you spend this time one-on-one with Jesus, this is a guarantee, like I said. And this peace, this perspective is all going to come if you spend the time to do it. If you spend the time to do it. So maybe what does that look like for you? Maybe spend some time this week while you're driving kids to work, kids to school, whatever it is. Maybe when you're walking, a lot of people are going on walks at the moment. And so I think a study came out earlier and BBC News said that 40% of people will go on walks more. And so, you know, I would encourage you to spend that time walking, being, being contemplative with Jesus, thinking about him, talking to him, letting him speak into you rather than you bringing everything to him and saying, hey, here, here's this, here's this, here's this. Be more like Mary. We sit at the feet of Jesus and we say, hey, no, no, it's not, it's not what I want today. It's, it's what do you want? What are you speaking to me today? What is it that you've got for me today, Jesus? What is it that you're trying to say for me just for today? Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will look after itself. We look at today, Jesus, what are you talking to me about? That's why it's daily bread, because he gives me what he needs, what I need, sorry, for each day. And so what, should, what would it look like if we managed to do this? What would our communities, what would our families, our friendships, what would all of this look like if we were to spend the time with Jesus Could you imagine what our church would look like if every single one of us was obsessed with getting in the presence of Jesus one-on-one every single day and spending that time with him that he so desires? You know, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And this is one of the most incredible promises in the Bible. And actually, Jesus says to Mary, or sorry, says to Martha about Mary that this will not be taken from her. 
That is a promise. Jesus is not going to take that away from you. He is, that is one of the things that we are always promised is that we can get in the presence of Jesus and spend time with him and expect to hear from him and expect to listen to him and expect for things to change. And so as soon as I begin to change my mind about things, I begin to behave differently. And when I begin to behave differently, people notice and I become and I'm transformed into the shape or into the image more and more like Jesus. And the Bible says that renewing of your mind is so, so important. And so if I can get where I'm thinking right, if I can calibrate where I'm thinking right, then I think everything else just begins to fall into place. If I start thinking things that Jesus tells me to think about, if I start seeing myself the way Jesus tells me to see it, I actually begin to change everything in my life. Everything can be built around what I'm hearing from Jesus. And that becomes my foundation in which I build my faith. So like I said, invite him in every single day because he wants to spend this time with you. He wants to spend this time with you. And our communities will be changed. I believe that. I think personally, our families, our friendships, this church will be changed if we can spend time to get in the presence of Jesus, listen to him without the agendas. Can I encourage you to just try that this week? Even if it's once or twice this week. I know God invites us to do it daily, but I'm inviting you today just to try a couple of times this week, whatever it is, however long it needs to be in the morning, where you just let Jesus overwhelm you. Not about you, about Jesus. Letting him in, letting him begin to rewire things, to change things. You know, it's funny, when, I, when I've deleted Instagram before, I've found myself immediately clicking to the app where that used to be, where, you know, I'm like, oh, come off this, and it's not there. It's not there. And so we, bec- we become in this habit of where we're going straight to things without even thinking about it. And if you can change, if Jesus will come in and change the way that you view things, then ultimate, ultimately you are going to break these vicious cycles that we can get ourselves in. The mind is an incredible thing that it does. And it builds these little kind of bridges or pathways that we just, oh, I've done it again. Oh, I've done it again. Oh, I've done it again. I want to be the one that goes, oh, I've got into the presence of Jesus again. Oh, I've contemplative prayer again oh and again and again and next thing you know you build this journey where it's actually like things are not always going to change straight away but getting in the presence of Jesus is going to change things day at a time and that's why I said it is our daily bread and so I want to be still in his presence if I'm distracted I end up distilling his presence and that is the last thing that we want to do and so we sang a song earlier called nothing else I just want to read those lyrics out, out again to you, which I think is a, is a perfect reminder of, of what contemplative prayer is. It's one of my favorite songs, and it says, it talks about, I'm caught up in your presence. Caught up in your presence. There you go again, being caught up. I just want to sit here at your feet, just like Mary. I'm caught up in this holy moment, and I never want to leave. Read those to you again. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. Nothing else is more important than that. I'm caught up in this holy moment and I never want to leave. And then the chorus says, Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else will do. Don't settle for anything less than being with Jesus, sitting at the feet of Jesus and letting him speak to you into your life and change things like that. Nothing else will do. I just want you. And this is where Mary was so awesome in her position of submission and just listening and saying, Jesus, I just want you. 
as we go, we're about to go back and sing that song, but actually, can I invite you to just think about those lyrics, maybe write them down, put them somewhere over the week where you just see them and say, I, nothing else will do, Jesus, I just, I just want you. I don't want to settle for second best anymore. I don't want to be defeated by my mind anymore. I don't want to be defeated by these things I keep stumbling into where I can't seem to bring about change. Guess what? Jesus has changed things forever and Jesus is going to change you forever. And this is a guarantee. And if you just get in his presence this week, if you just get in his presence every day, then these things are going to begin to change. These things are going to shape the way our church moves forward in the future. And this is going to be absolutely incredible. If we can get contemplative prayer right, I don't think anything is going to stand in our way. I don't think anything is going to stand in our way because then we can go and move to corporate prayer after this. Okay, you get contemplative prayer, right? Corporate prayer becomes just such an amazing thing where you're able to share in what's going on in your week and you're able to worship together, knowing that you are all in the same place where you are going and hearing from Jesus every single day and he is beginning to change you and shape you. And your communities are going to be even more important than ever after this. You're going to be able to look at people and say, hey, how was your contemplative? How was your contemplative prayer this week? And you'll say, man, it was amazing. Things just changed so much for me. Or people will come to you and say, hey, you've been doing amazingly so recently. What is it? And you say, hey, it's contemplative prayer. I just get in the presence of Jesus. I'm withdrawing. I'm quiet. I'm still. I'm listening to what he has to say. It's that easy. And so when, then, when we then come together, everything's a celebration of what Jesus has done. It's a celebration of how much he's changed us, how much he's continuing to recalibrate us when there's so many things trying to blow us away, so many distractions. Can I encourage you this week to be like Mary? Sit at the feet of Jesus. Don't be like, don't be like Martha. Don't let these distractions pull you away from the presence of Jesus. And so as we go into this song now, I just want you to be still wherever you are. Just close your eyes and think, Jesus, let overwhelm me. I'm caught up in this holy moment and I never want to leave. Caught up in this holy moment and I never want to leave. Thank you.